Hey, this is Rodney Gage. I'm the pastor of Rethink Life Church in Orlando, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages and inspires you to live with a new perspective, make better choices, and have a greater impact with your life. Here's today's message. So with that in mind, today we're going to learn how to rethink our choices, because when you break decisions or choices down in our lives, you really have two kinds of choices. You have what I often refer to as the macro decisions in life. Those macro decisions are those huge decisions. In fact, I had a college professor once said, he would always tell us college students, he said, you have three decisions you need to make in life. It's your master, it's your mate, and it's your mission. And uh, that was always a little intimidating when you think about it, because those are the big macro decisions. Like, okay, who am I going to serve? You know, am I going to serve God? Am I going to serve the things of this world? And then who am I going to marry? Who am I going to spend the rest of my life with? And then ultimately, it's like, okay, well, what's my purpose? What's my career path? What am I going to do with my life? Those are huge macro decisions. But then you have what is referred to as the micro decisions. You see, those are the smaller, what often appears as insignificant kind of decisions and choices that we make. But the thing that we have to remember about the micro decisions is that they have a compound effect. So in other words, the more little decisions you make, they can compound to actually have big implications in our lives. So therefore, the big decisions impact the little decisions, and the little decisions ultimately impact the bigger decisions in life. So when you think about it, we are all confronted with those multiple choice situations, circumstances, scenarios, decisions that we all have to make. And whether they're big or whether they're small, at the end of the day, we have to learn how to make wise choices in life. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, Paul said it best. He challenged a group of believers living in Rome at the time who were being greatly influenced by the politically correct, the propaganda, you know, the the influencers and the so-called experts and the, the social elite, the powerful people of the day. Rome was the epic center of the world. It was a powerful, wealthy place. And yet Paul was emphasizing to these early believers, he said, stop in, stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. So what Paul was trying to help us all to understand is this. Don't buy in to the propaganda, to the belief system, to the politically correct ways of thinking and living that this popular culture and world is always trying to challenge us with. But instead, he said, we got to have a change of heart that leads to a change of life. 
And where does it all begin? It begins in the mind. It's changing the way we think. Why? So we can have a new perspective. So we can see from God's perspective. So we can see with spiritual eyes that will enable us to make what? Wise choices so that we can make an even greater impact with our lives. And that's what we want to learn how to do today. So with that in mind, here's what I want to share with you. Because decision-making, you ready for this? I encourage you to write this down. Decision-making is not an event. You see, decision-making is a process followed by an event. It is the process behind the decisions that we need to learn and understand. And guess who we're going to learn from today? We're going to learn how to rethink our choices from the greatest decision maker who ever lived on this planet. His name is Jesus. And you know what's interesting is that today, as we talk about choices, I just want to go ahead and tell you up front, okay? Because I don't know what your expectations are about where I'm about to go with this message, but I'm not talking about the choice of whether I'm going to eat a McDonald's or Chick-fil-A, okay? We're not talking about should I buy a Ford or should I buy a Chevy, you know what I'm saying? We're not going to go there, okay? We're not going to talk about should I rent or should I buy, you know what I'm saying? Those, look, I'll leave all that up to Dave Ramsey and some of these other people, okay? But here's what we're going to do. We're going to learn today how to rethink our choices when it comes to the spiritual, when it comes to the moral, and when it comes to the relational decisions in life, because those truly can be those macro decisions that really will determine the destiny of your life. And nobody illustrated this and nobody really exemplified this more than Jesus. In fact, Jesus He was just as much man as he was God, but he was also just as much God as he was man. He was just like you and me. And yet Hebrews teaches us that even though he was confronted with temptation and all of the dilemmas and all the situations and scenarios that we all face in life, guess what? He never sinned. And so therefore he knew how to make wise decisions. He knew how to avoid the traps and the pitfalls that the evil one was always trying to seduce him with. The same way The evil one is out to steal, kill, and destroy, to seduce you and me into buying into the lies of this world. So what did Jesus do? Jesus gave us a framework. And there are three things that I want to share with you today. I believe these these are the three questions that Jesus asked himself. And they're the exact same three questions that we can all ask ourselves when we find ourselves standing in the fork of the road when it comes to a moral, a spiritual, or maybe a relational decision that we need to make. And the first is this. You ready for this? The question is, is it written? Is it written? You know, we're living in a day and age where so many people's faith is honestly is being challenged. We live in a day and age where most people, unfortunately and sadly, we're living in a so-called post-Christian era in our, in our society, in our culture. And sadly and unfortunately, most people, they don't know what they believe nor why they believe it. You know why? Because they don't have a standard, nor do they have a true authority to live by. And as a result, there's no longer an objective standard for right or for wrong. And most people have embraced the idea or the opinion that there is no such thing as right or wrong, because really at the end of the day, that's all relative. 
You see, it really is a matter of how you feel about certain things. So if something feels right and something seems right to you, then it must be right, right? But if something feels wrong or doesn't appear to be right, well, then obviously, then it must be wrong. But there's no moral or spiritual or relational basis or standard for the belief It's really just a matter of popular opinion or what everybody else says or perhaps just how you feel. Who wants to live a life like that? Because all that does is bring confusion. All it does is bring shame. All it does is bring guilt. All it does is bring really honestly a sense of emptiness and dissatisfaction because you no longer know what to believe. You don't know, you no longer know who to believe. You really don't even know what is right and what is wrong anymore. Well, can I just give you something that I believe can help you? Because in God's word, the authority, God's voice, his love letter to you and me, it's his revelation to you and me. It's his, it's his guidebook. It's his, it's his handbook to live our lives with. And in that handbook are precepts called commands. And basically, those commands serve as guardrails and guidelines. So you have a precept in God's word, which is followed by something known as a principle. So in other words, there is a why behind the what. In other words, behind every precept, there is a principle. And here's the key. Behind every precept, you'll find a why, a principle. And behind the why, that principle always points to the person of God. So what you got to understand is that if you're ever wondering, is this right or is this wrong? The bigger question is, the decision that I'm making, does it truly reflect the very nature and character of who God is? And if that decision or that choice or that lifestyle or that behavior is a contradiction to the very nature and character of who God is, then that's the decision that speaks for itself. Because we want to make decisions that are reflective of who God is, that reflects his nature and reflects his character so that we can make the right choice and experience the benefits of living in God's good and pleasing and perfect will so that I'm walking, being protected by those guardrails and those guidelines that are not to harm me, but to help me experience the fullness of God. All right, so with that in mind, that's a lot to swallow. I get it. But I'm here to tell you, we need to hear him. Because we're living in a day and age where a lot of people, unfortunately, they don't know how to make those hard decisions. And they are hard. And I understand. But with God's help, he'll point you in the right direction. He really will. You got to listen to his voice and you got to tune out the wrong voices of this world. So what did Jesus do? He asked the question, is it written? Number two, he said, is it love? Is it love? In John chapter nine, I love the story where Jesus healed a a, a man who had been sitting for literally most of his life. He was was born blind. He was was a beggar and he was sitting by a pool known as, as the pool of Siloam. And it was it happened to be on a Sabbath, and Jesus and the disciples saw this man. And so Jesus basically was in that multiple choice situation, and he had to decide. It's the Sabbath. Yes, I understand. But the Sadducees and the Pharisees and the religious leaders have had put their own spin on 
God's commands, his precepts. So they were adding to the law their own opinions, their own value system, their own beliefs. And with that, Jesus had to make the hard call. Am I going to do what's politically correct? Am I going to avoid transforming this man's life because it's a Sabbath? Or am I going to demonstrate the unconditional sacrificial love, the transformational love that God sent me here on earth to actually give to all humanity? And in that moment, Jesus made a decision. He said, is it love? And here's what's interesting. In that moment, Jesus did the very thing that demonstrated God's unconditional sacrificial love to that man. He took some mud, he spit on it, wiped the mud on the man's eyes and told him to go and wash himself in the pool of Siloam. And as a result, the man came back and he was delivered from blindness and he was able to see. And through that miracle grew all kinds of attention. But here's the thing. Jesus acted in love. Can I share something with you? What's interesting, a man came to Jesus one day and he was a very religious, very intellectual individual. He He was a religious leader, but he was also a scholar of the law. And he asked Jesus the question. He said, hey, Jesus, in a nutshell, what is the most important commandment? Jesus responded in Matthew 22, Verses 37 and 39, and he said, Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. And this is the first and the greatest commandment. And then he said, and the second is equally as important. He said, Love your neighbor as yourself. So what was Jesus doing? Jesus was asking the question, is it love? And it's the same question that we need to ask ourselves when we're put in a situation, maybe in a relationship, maybe in our marriage, maybe with one of our children, maybe with another friend, maybe at school, or maybe a coworker in the office place, or maybe someone who looks different from us. And the question is this, is it love? Am I serving myself and my own ideals and opinions, or am I showing and demonstrating the unconditional agape, sacrificial love to this person? And I believe that when we make decisions, especially when it comes to our relationships, when it comes to the moral decisions of our lives in terms of what is right and what is wrong, we've got to ask those hard questions. Is it written? Does it truly reflect the very nature and character of who God is? And is it love? If I make this decision, if I go out with this person, if I choose to spend time with these people, the question is, is this decision going to drive me to love God more and to love people and treat people better? And that's a big decision that we have to make. And we should always err on the side of showing love to people because God is love. It is his nature and character of who he is. Therefore, we in return should demonstrate that same kind of love to those around us and not just show it, but listen, live it where we become a living example of the love of God. Loving God and loving people. Can I also just say this? That love's not only tender, but it also has to be tough. You know, sometimes we fail to realize, you know, we need to speak the truth in love and tell people what they need to hear, not necessarily what they want to hear. And with that in mind, I think it's important that we realize 
Just like the rich young ruler who came to Jesus and asked Jesus the question, hey, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, well, you must obey all the commands. And this rich young ruler said, well, I've done that my whole life. And Jesus said, yeah, but there's one thing you lack. And he said, go sell everything you got and give it to the poor and come and follow me. And that guy had to make a hard decision. And you know what he decided? He decided to keep his riches rather than following Jesus. Let me tell you something. Is there anything wrong with being wealthy? No, there's nothing wrong with being rich, having money. The bigger question is, does your money have you? And I think what happens, a lot of times we don't want to let go of something because we want to hang on to something because it's still serving ourselves rather than serving people. And Jesus had to give him the tough kind of love to tell him what he needed to hear, not necessarily what he wanted to hear. And sometimes we have to do that with our kids. You know, we we had to do that with one of our daughters who was, Dating a guy who didn't meet my standard and expectations. I'm just going to pull it, put it, I'm not going to pull any punches. And there were some sleepless nights and a lot of tears that were shed because this young man did not reflect the kinds of moral standards that, and spiritual convictions that we knew that she needed to associate herself with. And as a result, we had to have the strong daddy-daughter talk she decided to break her ways. Well, guess what? She made a hard decision, but it was the right decision. And today she's married to a godly young man who loves Jesus with all of his heart. I'm just telling you, you know, love has to be tough, but it can also be tender. So Jesus asked the questions, okay, is it written? Is it love? And I'll close with this. And that is this. Is it God's purpose? Third question, is it God's purpose? You see, everything that Satan tried to do was what? To derail Jesus from fulfilling the purpose that he came to fulfill. And what was that purpose? Luke 19, 10 says it best. Jesus said, for the son of man came to seek and to save that which was lost. So in essence, what Jesus came to do was to seek and to save, to rescue people like you and me from all of our wrong choices, from the sin that Jesus ultimately came to die for. You know, I believe as Christians now more than ever, it's important that we know and understand that we are on mission. We are in co-mission with the Lord Jesus Christ. And because we are on mission, we need to live our lives on purpose to fulfill God's agenda, not ours, but God's agenda. And that's the reason why the choices that we make each and every day, listen, are so important. It's the reason why we need to rethink our choices. We need to rethink about how we spend our time, rethink about the choice of friends that we choose to associate with. We need to rethink maybe who we're in a dating relationship with. We need to rethink about how we're treating our bodies and taking care of our temples. We need to think about what we're filling our minds with. We need to think about how we're spending our money. We need to think about how we're setting an example to not only our children, but the next generation, because our choices, our decisions have a destiny. And we need to make decisions and choices that serve as an example and a model for the next generation that does what? That allows them to see and to know and to understand that God has a plan and he has a purpose for their lives. And if we make the right right decisions, the wise choices, guess what? Now we are going to experience the blessings that God has for us. You know what? Today, some of you, you need to make a big choice. 
And the greatest choice that you could ever make is to choose to follow Jesus, to make him the Lord and the Savior of your life, to allow him to be the foundation that everything is built upon. So the question is, is it written? Is it love? Is it God's purpose? And today the Bible says, listen, we need to make wise decisions. Make the most of every opportunity during these evil days. Why? So that, so that we can experience everything that God has for us. I want us to bow our heads and close our eyes. And as we bow our heads and our hearts in this moment, I just want to say that for some of you, you know, maybe you're a follower of Jesus. You're Christian. That's not even an issue for you. And I know that maybe if you're like me, you've made some decisions you've regretted. We all have. You know why? Because we have a sin nature. We have a bent towards badness. We have a a way of being selfish and self-centered. And we want to do things our way sometimes rather than God's way. Why? Because it's easier. But can I just say that even when we stray and we drift and we move further away from God, God is always there. And he's there to receive us with open arms. He's there to welcome us back. He's there to put us back into a right relationship with him. And listen, he's not going to hang your past over your head. He's not going to remind you of all your faults and failures and mess ups. But what he is going to do is he's going to extend his love and his grace and his forgiveness. Why? Because he wants a relationship with you. And maybe today you just need to restore that broken relationship between you and the Lord. Some of you today, maybe what's missing in your life is a relationship with Jesus. If that's your need today, can I invite you right where you are, no matter where you are, what you're doing, to pray and invite Jesus to be your master, your Lord, your Savior. You can pray something like this. Just say, Dear God, I confess to you that I'm a sinner. And I turn from my sin. And today I believe in my heart that you died on a cross and you arose again. And today by faith, I invite you into my life to forgive me and to save me. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. As our heads are bowed and eyes are closed, hey, if you prayed that prayer, maybe you recommitted your heart to the Lord, I want you to look at me right now. You today made the greatest choice and decision you've ever made. And I want to just extend a hearty welcome to the family of God. And I just want to say the best is yet to come. You have a hope and a future that God has for you. Hey team, can you give those that prayed that prayer today just a round of applause and thank them. Well, hey, we are so honored that you have um, joined with us today. If you pray that prayer today, do me a favor, just put in a little chat there, I decided, okay, or text that number on the screen, and we want to send you a little booklet that you can instantly download that will be a great start to your new relationship with the Lord. And we look forward to seeing you next week for Rethink Life. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, it would mean a great deal to us if you would consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. You can click on the share button, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories. And be sure to tag us at Rethink Life Church. To learn more about our church, check out RethinkLife.com. Until next time, hey, we love you and believe the best is yet to come in your life.